Welcome back to the voice list. I'm Cheyenne. I'm Ash. And this is Benji. Can you say hi? Say hello. hello. I got a little dinosaur here. Cool. <laughs> that will probably, that reminds me about what we're going to talk about today. So instead of true crime today, we are both going to be doing a cryptid case. Mm-hmm. And crypt- Switch it up a little bit. Yeah, cryptids are, I didn't bring up the definition just in case people don't know, but it's basically like a mythical creature almost. Kind of like a unicorn. Yeah. But like usually more sinister. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Especially the one I'm covering. I know. And then like. Well, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a cryptid, but like Kelpies. Like What's they, that? A Kelpie is like, it's like a water, I don't know if it's a water demon or just like a water spirit, but it basically like disguises itself as like a really nice looking horse. And then when you like go to it, it like takes you into the water and drowns you. Cool. <laughs> just another reason for me to never go swimming ever again. My friend Bree, her favorite of... Uh, creatures are kelpies it is like a cute sounding name though mm-hmm. that makes me think of um oh christ what are they called morbid covered the bridgewater triangle and those little um oh, oh god that like call to you that episode christ i've listened to it so many times I don't know why, because it creeps me out every single time. But. I have to re-listen, because that's like, is that the one that's near them? Yeah, they're, I think they're like in the Bridgewater Triangle, or like oh, just on the okay. outskirts of it. And basically just weird stuff happens. Yeah. I'll probably, we could probably cover that at some point as like a joint, because I think there's like a lot of shit that goes on in that space, which I'm like... Remind me to never go there. <laughs> I know, like, there are so many, like, I kind of want to, but also it would creep me out. That's um, how I feel about us doing the Fort Gary Hotel stay. Oh, yeah. Is it room 202, I think? I think Fort so. Gary? I kind of want to stay in there, though, I'm not gonna lie. Just, like, bring talismans and stuff. <laughs> Just smudge the room before. Be like, uh, front desk, are you cool if we sage this room before we stay here? <laughs> Don't even ask permission. Just bring the sage. Um, but yeah, my, uh, I don't really think there's too many things to go, go over. Uh, we are still on Patreon. Yes. So if you want to contribute to the podcast in any way, um... We're not forcing you to, but if that's your thing, that'd be cool. Help us out. There are um, lots of perks coming up oh, yeah. that are listed and also not listed because we don't want to list them before we actually have them. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. And have but people yeah. be like, where's my stuff? But we're working on it. Where's my seats? Give, give us some time because, you know, COVID times. These are unprecedented times. <laughs> <laughs> unprecedented um so yeah apparently we have a cryptid here in canadian folklore like right in our province that i'm gonna do today uh researching cryptids like i have favorites and stuff but Mm -hmm. like i didn't really want to go into too much detail about my favorite ones just yet because i'd like to do more research i really like werewolves fyi 
Uh, on that note, I was always Team Jacob. <laughs> Barbecue. Maybe I'll have a barbecue this weekend somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. I know I'll find people. a place. I, I'll find a place, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I am going to be doing uh, this episode on Manipogo, which is kind of like a Canadian slash Manitoban version of the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, so, in Canadian folklore, the Manipogo is a lake monster said to live in Lake Manitoba, which is in Manitoba, Canada. Uh, the creature was dubbed Manipogo in 1960, the name echoing British Columbia's Ogopogo. I forget mm, what that I one I've heard of. Yeah. yeah, and it's cute because when I was in Kelowna a couple years ago, um, the playground we because uh, we were like walking around the city and then this was like when Pokemon Go was really huge so there were a bunch of stops at this park and there was like a really cute like play structure and it was like an Ogopogo sea monster play structure. That's it, was, adorable. it was really neat. I uh, am... Okay, so Lake Manitoba, just to give you an idea, is Canada's 13th largest lake and it is apparently 4,624 square kilometers which I don't know how to measure like anything. So if that means something to you, cool. It means nothing to me. I just know it's big. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> and it is the world's 33rd largest freshwater lake, uh, which is actually really cool. Mm -hmm. So there's also a Lake Winnipegosis sea monster called Winnipogo and people think it, they're possibly either the same creature because the lakes are connected um, or like kind of related so they're not sure. It's just a cousin. <laughs> it's my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> it just got me very easily. <laughs> Uh, lake Manitoba is Canada's 13th largest lake and the world's 33rd largest freshwater lake. There is also a lake Winnipegosis sea monster called Winnipogo, um, thought possibly to be the same creature as the lakes are connected. And Manipogo is said to travel through inner channel rivers between lakes Winnipeg, Winnipegosis, and Manitoba. Which now I like. I'm never going swimming ever again <laughs> anywhere in this province. There, let me see here. So the monster is described as being from four to fifteen meters long, um, which I think is like twelve to sixteen feet or something. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. They they had like the feet described here, but. Um, it's fucking huge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it is described as having a long, muddy brown body with humps that show above the water and a sheep-like head, which I kind of have trouble picturing that, mostly because- That sounds like, very disturbing. Like a sheep with like a snake body. That's just creepy. Like, yeah. No thanks. Yeah. Why did I think it would be green? Not brown. 
I don't know, because you just don't want... I guess uh, it, if it's it brown, be... it would blend in with the water better. Yeah, but then it could just be, like, logs floating in the freaking river. Yeah. Um, so let me see. Oh, they do have a Manapogo Provincial Park now, actually, uh, which is a provincial park on the west shore of Lake Manitoba, and it was named after the monster. So, you're famous, Manapogo. Come on, show yourself. St. Laurent, a community on the southeast shores of Lake Manitoba, holds a Manipogo Festival the first week of March every year. Uh, probably not this year. Maybe they did a virtual thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so people have actually claimed to have seen uh, Manapogo as early as the 1800s. Uh, the local indigenous populations uh, have legends of serpent-like creatures in Lake Manitoba going back hundreds of years. Which, that's actually really cool. Mm -hmm. um, there have been stories this long, so... I, and like just personally to put it out there, I do kind of believe that there are like creepy ass snake monsters hiding at the bottom of lakes and oceans and stuff because there's only been so much that we've explored so far. And yeah. Look at how creepy all the actual things that are out there are. No, oh, there's some, there's some animals that I'm like, what the fuck happened to you genetically? <laughs> like. <laughs> Kay. Like the Finding Nemo fish we were talking about, like that oh, is yeah. horrifying. The lantern thing, I I gotta look up those. what those things are called. Yeah. Um. Oh. Okay. I'll do that while you. So what was this? There was a report. I'm not sure when it was from, but apparently at one point a group of 17 witnesses, all reportedly strangers to one another, claimed to have spotted like three manapogos swimming together. It's probably a family just on vacation. I don't remember what they're called. Anglerfish. Anglerfish. Alright, so I am going to go through a list of sightings. There have actually been quite a bit over the last, like, century or so. Uh, so in 1909, there was a Hudson's Bay Company fur trader named Valentine McKay who reported seeing a massive creature in Cedar Lake. I think Cedar Lake is in Ontario, isn't there? Isn't that? I think so. Yeah. Watch me be wrong. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like it would be in Ontario. And in 1935, uh, there was a timber inspector named C.F. Ross and a friend who saw um, Manapogo. I had to think about that because we were calling it Winnebago <laughs> yeah. and Manabago. It's one of these three options. Uh, so this, these two claim that they saw a creature who, where on its head there was a single horn and the head itself was small and flat. And to them, it looked very much like a dinosaur, which is incredibly vague because <laughs> there's a lot of dinosaurs. Yeah, and they all look different. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, did it look like a pterodactyl, a brontosaurus, brachiosaurus, tyrannosaurus? <laughs> which one was it? 
Is it Meat Jurassic eater, plant eater. <laughs> oh my god, isn't there like a Jurassic World coming out? And like, of course, they had to do like the picture where the uh, the poster for it is like a surfer, and then in the water is like this prehistoric like sea creature and stuff about to eat him. Which like, you're not gonna be sated, creature. He's like, I, I haven't know. seen that poster, but now I'm like, I terrified. If they're coming out with a third Jurassic World, like fuck yeah. They also have, um, it's like a kid's show, Camp Cretaceous or some shit. Oh, that's neat. It's like an animated one. It's pretty cool. Train? Yeah, there's trains over there. Oh no! You okay? He's good. I'm like, I'm all G. He's all G. Uh, in 1948, like all these people just seem to have initial names of oh, well up until 1960. So in 1948, C.P. Ulrich reported that some sort of creature rose six feet out of the lake and gave a prehistoric type of dinosaur cry. Like the kid in the commercials we used to see. <laughs> 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 Brian's gonna be like, what the fuck is going on? I think I saw that on. Not Facebook the other day, but Instagram. It's been circulating. Yeah. It was like, you oh. know, you grew up in Canada when? And I'm like, oh, oh my yeah. god, I remember like, these commercials. The loon thing, like at the beginning. Oh my goodness. And the house hippo. <laughs> house hippo. When I was a kid, I wanted a house hippo, and then I found out they weren't real, and I'm like, why would you lie to us? <laughs> For anybody who doesn't live in Canada or didn't grow up here, that's the kind of stuff we grew up with. Yeah, the media telling us they were house hippos. All right, and so in 1957, uh, Louis or Louis Belcher and Eddie Nipponick saw a giant serpent like creature in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the sound that they make. <laughs> oh yeah, he's making the train sounds. Uh, so in 1962, two fishermen, Richard Vincent and John Conifel, oh I think I may have mentioned this, they saw a large creature. Oh yeah, these were the two guys that um, they said they saw it and then um, like 300 feet from their boat, 60 yards. And then later on in life, uh, Richard Vincent claimed that it wasn't mm -hmm. Manipogel. I really want to like put in a prehistoric dinosaur cry into this episode. You could probably find one. That'd be hilarious. Uh, again in the 60s, um, a Mr. and Mrs. Stopel saw a reptile-like beast surfacing about 30 feet from their boat. That's close. So, yeah. Like, I mean, 300 feet is too close for my mm, comfort level. <laughs> I'd be like, we get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, wow. In 1989, Sean Smith and family were visiting from Minneapolis on a camping trip. They, they stayed at Shallow Point, uh, which is off highway number six on Lake Manitoba, and they saw what he described as many humps in the lake, about 80 feet offshore. 
so that I mean that could that could be rocks or logs or logs yeah yeah when it's that far like I I kind of like question it but I mean 30 feet like I don't think we have turtles in Lake Manitoba no um in 1997 several reports by cross-country campers from Quebec staying at Lundar Beach campground saw what appeared to be a large reptile head rise and fall in the water several hundred feet offshore swimmers were evacuated from the water Oh my god. <laughs> the head only appeared one time. It was dismissed as a floating log, but no log was seen afterwards. So could you imagine just like, get out of the water! Manipogo! And then like all these people just start screaming. Manipogo just like popped its head out to say hi. <laughs> Everyone just like lost their shit. And then <laughs> like, okay, never mind. I'll go back home. Go in. <laughs> um... In 2004, commercial fisherman Keith Hayden, originally from Newfoundland, uh, Newfoundland represented, reported several of his fishing nets on Lake Manitoba near the Narrows one day to be uh, torn up by what seemed like an ocean shark or killer whale. Uh, the fish that were in the nets were not nibbled on, but actually torn in half by what oh, seemed shit. like huge bites. That's terrifying. Yeah, hard pass. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay. In 2009, several residents at Twin Lakes Beach reported seeing several humps a few hundred yards from their lakefront cottages, though no photos were taken. In 2011, so this seems to be like the most recent sighting. Uh, many sightings of several humps emerging and then submerging seen offshore at locations like Mar Marshy Point, Scotch Bay, and Laurentia Beach by security personnel patrolling uh, flooded cottages and homes in the area. Had seen that? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so it was like security personnel had seen these while they were patrolling. Um, where is here? So yeah, basically, since it's since the late eighteen hundreds, people have claimed to see Manipogo, but no up close sightings have ever been really reported. I like like we've said the third, the closest was like thirty three hundred feet or thirty yeah. feet, something like that. And meanwhile, I said it like two minutes ago. <laughs> I can't remember. Now. Um, but yeah, so that is our um, 12 to 50 foot long lake monster that is said to live in Lake Manitoba and Lake Winnipegosis. Um, That's such like a, like, variant like size of, I mean, all of it sounds horrifying. I know, like, like 12 to 50, it's like, that's just like any time I make fun of how police are like, yeah, it's a African-American male between three feet and seven feet tall. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm like, way to be like, just culture vague. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, if I wasn't terrified of water, I'd probably go and be like, try to find 
Manipogo, but I respect the water. I respect Man Manipogo, Winnebago. Um, did you ever, this reminds me, did you ever watch a movie called Magic in the Water when you were a kid? It was, no. it has jo Joshua Jackson, I think, was that the guy who played Casey in Dawson's, Dawson's Creek? Creek yeah. Guy? Okay, so he was in it. He played like the older brother, and basically, it's a movie about uh, a girl. I think she's like twelve or something, and she moves with her father and her older brother to this lakeside town. Mm -hmm. And then something is happening. She ends up finding this. There's there's a sea creature that the town is, is said to have there named Orky. And then the little girl actually finds Orky, and you find out that Orky's dying because someone is, like, polluting the lake. And Aww. so, like, yeah, basically they try to stop the lake from being polluted so that Orky survives. It's, like, super sad. But yeah, Orky was real in that movie, so <laughs> I think uh, Winnebago was real. Yeah. So. Um, are we doing two stories for this episode? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We could do that. Then I can just jump right into. Yeah. Mine. And then, do you have anything to say, Benji, about Manabago? That is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, that's um. Now it's my turn. Manabago. I just like saying that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I am covering the Chupacabra, which I just, we got it, got started on this because of that meme that yes. people are thinking that the capybara is the Chupacabra. I don't understand why Chupacabras are, like, why people think Chupacabras are scary. They look so nice, and it's like these chunky little capybaras eating. <laughs> When in reality, like, what the artist's rendition of a chupacabra is, is the thing of nightmares. That's it. Like, the one, it's the one you're thinking of where it's, like, kind of big red eyes and it's, like, hunched over. It's, like, crouched and, down yeah. and it has, like... Spikes or something. Yeah, out of back. its back. Yeah. 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 Chupacabra. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, chupacabra is... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and... Uh, Latin American, uh, oh Christ, hold on. I clearly don't know how to write properly. <laughs> um, okay, so the chupacabra or chupacabras, which, like, please never let me come across multiple at once. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Could you, I don't, well, I don't want to say, could you imagine? It's like, yeah, we can, and it's terrifying. <laughs> Um, is a Latin American popular legend or urban legend, whatever you want to call it, um, and is said to be a monstrous creature that attacks animals and consumes their blood. <laughs> the name is derived from the Spanish words uh, chupar, which means to suck, and cabra, which means goat. So it literally translates to goat sucker. <laughs> um, 
and as a fearsome but probably non-existent creature, the chupacabra has been characterized as the southern equivalent of the Sasquatch or the Sam Squatch <laughs> for Trailer Park Boys uh, fans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is the only thing I will ever call a Sasquatch now. The Sam Squatch. <laughs> I just love that they beat each other with bats and then wrap themselves up in freaking duct tape. <laughs> I'm like, where does that even come from? Um, yeah, so it is a, like I said, a legendary creature in the folklore of parts of the Americas, with its first purported sightings reported in Puerto Rico in 1995. Um, that recent? Yeah. Yeah, first reported in 95, which, like, um, so... Yeah, when they were first reported in Puerto Rico in 95, they were blamed for attacks on goats, sheep, and other domestic animals, supposedly leaving uneaten carcasses that were drained of blood. So, like, oh my God. real chill. <laughs> uh, early reports described a creature that stood upright and resembled a large reptilian kangaroo with huge red eyes. No thanks. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the most common description of the chupacabra is that of a reptile-like creature said to have leathery or scaly greenish-gray skin and sharp spines or quills running down its back. Um, it is said to be approximately 3 to 4 feet high, or 0.9 to 1.2 meters. Um, so, like, the size of a toddler? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, like, yeah, 3 to 4 feet yeah, high. Yeah, like, he's, like, that makes it a little less terrifying because I always Just kick it. <laughs> I always like assumed it was like a, a Mothman size, so like just oh, like yeah. seven, eight feet tall. Like, oh, you should have done Mothman too. That okay, Mothman prophecies. I have that movie. I love it, but it's fucking creepy. Yeah, I mean fudging. There's a toddler. But yeah, so. About the size of a toddler and stands and hops in a fashion similar to that of a kangaroo. Could you imagine, like, running and being like, go suck a goat, <laughs> kicking it? I'm a human, leave me alone. Oh my gosh, Kate, we should dress one of these kids up like a chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where was I? Mom, oh, yeah. I wanted to be a capybara. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Eyewitness uh, sightings have been claimed in Puerto Rico and have since been reported as far north as Maine and as far south as Chile, yeah. and even outside the Americas in countries yeah. like Russia and the Philippines. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, many of the reports have been disregarded as uncorroborated uncor or they lacking evidence. Are they called something different in Russia and the Philippines? Probably. I didn't I'd look assume, too far into it. Yeah. You said chupacabra. Is it? Is it a Spanish? You said. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's some uh, cryptids from like the Philippines and stuff that I want to look into because they sound horrifying. Oh my gosh! Yeah. One of I went on a school trip once and like the Filipino kids. Yeah. Went like and told everyone all their like ghost stories from back home, like around the campfire, and I oh could not God. sleep because like I think one of them was <clears throat> was it from the Philippines or was it in Latin America? Where I don't know. One of them is like one of the things is like a troll that 
tickles your feet in oh the middle God. of the night, and I was like, no fucking thank you. <laughs> Don't touch my feet. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why um, Akash, like, says that he doesn't believe in this kind of stuff, because, like, he's told me some crazy shit from back in India. Not necessarily... <laughs> what are you doing? Not necessarily, like... Okay. Okay, but yes, please tell me. I am very intrigued to see, like, to hear about things that, like, Akash has told you, but uh yeah like those i have to like look into them because i want to cover them as like actual legend things um but yeah like i said like i have another little story after depend like i might throw it into this episode depending on like how long it is because i think it's only going to be like a 10 minute thing because i couldn't find a whole lot of information but the movie i sent you that is loosely based around it is uh is good. It's a creepy story. Okay. Or urban legend. Yeah, because I really I like the idea of delving into folklore from around the world because a lot of it, if you look into all these like cryptids and these mythical creatures, they mostly stem from like cultural folklore. Yeah. And it's like to me, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just makes me wonder, like, like in this, like. Uh, like one of the things I want to do in the podcast uh, are skinwalkers, um, but I want to contact someone who's actually Navajo so that mm-hmm. I can like speak to them and make sure that like I'm relaying info just because. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, go on. Uh, yeah. So where was I? Um, sightings in northern Mexico and the southern United States have been verified. Um, but as, like, canines and stuff, just with mange? Is that what it is? Oh, oh yeah, mange. I think mange. So, like, people so, saw like, babies, pretty much. So, people just saw, like, dogs in need and thought, <laughs> poor dog! Yeah. Um, yeah, so according to biologists and wildlife management officials, the chupacabra is an urban legend. Um, so the first reported attack, eventually attributed to the creatures, um, occurred in March 1995 in Puerto Rico. Eight sheep were discovered dead, each with three puncture wounds in the chest area and reportedly completely drained of blood. Oh, that's <laughs> very specific. Uh-huh. Um, a few months later, in August, an eyewitness named, um... Madeline Tolentino reported seeing the creature in the Puerto Rican town of uh, Canovanas when as many as 150 farm animals and pets were reportedly killed. In 1975, similar killings um, in the small town of uh, Mocha, I don't think I'm saying that right, were attributed to, oh god, I gotta work on my Spanish now, El Vampiro de Mocha? or the Vampire of Mocha. Uh, Initially, it was suspected that the killings were committed by a satanic cult. Which, possible, you never know. Yeah, like, I was thinking about that. I mean, I kind of get why they would think it could be a satanic cult, 
because you know like animals are animals and like it being almost just kind of a in a weird fashion Mm -hmm. that these animals were found like the three puncture ones like if it's not a chupacabra it could just be someone you know being like three puncture wounds for some reason yeah i mean i think it was a chupacabra that's what i'm going with um Later, more killings were reported around the island, and many farms reported loss of animal life. Each of the animals was reported to have its body bled dry through a series of small circular incisions. Did they... They didn't determine whether... Did they ever determine, like, what it was from? I don't think so. Okay. They were just kind of like, wow. They were like, oh, it could have been a chupacabra, it could have been a man. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Um, so there is a, um, Puerto Rican comedian and entrepreneur named Sil- Silviero Perez, mm-hmm. um, and he is credited with coining the term chupacabras. Soon after the first incidents were reported in the press, um, shortly after the first reported incidents in Puerto Rico, other animal deaths were reported in other countries such as the Dominican Republic, Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, uh, Colombia, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Panama, Peru, Brazil, the U.S., and Mexico. I love all the, um, con- like, the country names mm. in South America, by the way. I just love Chile. Mm-hmm. I love the way Chile is. I know I'm not saying it right. Um, in October and December 2018, uh, there came many reports of suspected chupacabras in uh, Manipur, India. Ooh. Many domestic animals and poultry were killed in a suspicious manner, similar to other chupacabra attacks, and several people reported that they had seen chupacabras. However, forensic experts um, pretty much said that the street dogs were responsible for mass killings of domestic animals and poultry after studying their remnants of uh, the corpses of the, of the animals. Okay. And uh, I can verify there are a lot of street dogs in India. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... Like, a lot of them are super cute, and then others, you're like, yeah, you have, like, so you, something. Yeah, like, you definitely look like a chupacabra. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I could totally understand, like, thinking you saw something creepy, especially if it's, like, night and it's just, like, a wild dog. Especially if, like, you're not familiar yeah. with the dog. I don't know. And then even then, like, I know some dogs make sounds where it's like, what the frick is that? Yeah. So. <laughs> Are you okay, bro? <laughs> I, I think it's a combination of both chupacabras and dogs. So. Yeah. Um, so there is a book um, from 2011 called Tracking the Chupacabra. Ooh. This is... Uh, <laughs> A book of the five-year investigation by Benjamin Radford into the Chupacabras. Uh, it concluded that the description given by the original witness in Puerto Rico, Madeline Tolentino, was based on the creature still in the 1995 science, science fiction horror film Species. The alien cre- uh, creature still is nearly identical to Tolentino's Chupacabra eyewitness account, and she had seen the movie before her report. Oh, well. Quote, it was a creature that looked like the chupacabra with spines on its back and all. The resemblance to the chupacabra was really impressive, um, Tolentino reported. Hmm. 
Um, I am going to look up this movie Species now because I want to <laughs> see what that thing looks like. We're still going? Yes, yeah. we are. Okay. Um, I just wanted to make sure before I kept talking. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm like, I'm just looking this up. Yeah, um, for sure. Where was I? Um, so, Benjamin had uh, found that Madeline said, quote, or that she believed that the creatures and events she saw in species were happening in reality in Puerto Rico at the time. Um, and he therefore concluded that, quote, the most important chupacabra description cannot be trusted. Oh, uh, I mean, they kind of looks like they still look humanoid in species, though. Yeah. So, but and chupacabras aren't. Yeah, they don't look like that. That's no, for sure. <laughs> I mean the only the only similarities I see are the spikes on the back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So due to this, um, Benjamin Radford believes that this seriously undermines the credibility of the chupacabra as a real animal. But I'm like, there's so many animals that are being discovered every day. Mm-hmm. Like you never know. Well, and look at how well. And look how creepy a lot of sea creatures look. Like, you're, you're not... There's just too much unexplored in the world. Is it garbage day? Apparently. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, Please don't mind the rumbling in the background. It is the garbage truck. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Oh, but hey, it's finally nice enough to have your window open, so that's I nice. know. Oh my goodness. Like, having to wear your mask all the time and just it having been winter, I feel like that's kind of messing me up too. It's like, it, fresh air really does make you feel better. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Benji's excited. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh yeah, um, in addition, the reports of blood sucking by the chupacabra were never confirmed by a necropsy? Necropsy? There oh. you go. I think. I know. English is my first language, what? but I suck at it. So. What's a necropsy? Is that like flesh? Um, it says it's the only way to conclude that the animal was drained of blood. I didn't actually look into like how the I procedure actually, goes down. I'm trying to remember what our necropsy is, because like it reminds me of like biopsy mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, an analysis by a veterinarian of 300 reported victims of the chupacabra found that they had not been blood dry. Um, so there's that, I guess. Um, so. In his book, he had divided, or Benjamin had divided the Chupacabra reports into two categories, the reports from Puerto Rico and um, the reports from Latin America, where, oh shit, nope, sorry. So the reports from Puerto Rico and Latin America were grouped together, and then um, he separated the ones from there and what were reported in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, in Puerto Rico and Latin America, uh, where animals were attacked and it is supposed their blood was extracted. Um, and then the reports in the United States of mammals, mostly dogs and coyotes with mange, um, that people call chupacabra due to their unusual experience. Which I'm like, the people in the U.S. are just like, oh, it's a weird looking creature. Chupacabra. <laughs> well, like, I don't know. 
if it was on Reddit or something, because like obviously on Reddit, I love going and reading about scary stories like people have encountered. Like that's where um, I read a lot of like skinwalker Mm -hmm. stories about like truckers and stuff on roads that are kind of empty and stuff in the middle of the night and I know that a lot of truckers I think in America have some roads they just won't go on at night yeah. and whatnot. so oh. I want to look, definitely look up some spooky tales to mm-hmm. read through I know like I love reading like the creepy pasta stuff and I want to like read them on the podcast just because I'm like everybody needs to hear these but then I'm like there's copyright and like oh trademark yeah, but... issues and stuff that I'm like I just I don't want to get sued by these people I know but okay if you are out there listening and you have a creepy story or if you have anything like a creepy pasta and you want to share it with us chupacabra sightings yeah like, email us Manapago oh, sightings Manapago sightings <laughs> Manapago sightings um but yeah Sam Squinch sightings <laughs> I think a few of my family members have had experiences like out in the bush and stuff on the res with certain creatures, so I'm gonna have to contact my cousins and stuff. My closest experience living up north in Gillum, which I don't know if it's technically a reservation. Probably near one, because I know Uh, that like a lot of small towns up north too still like have like a larger indigenous population. Yeah, like it was probably 95% indigenous, Mm -hmm. um, but it's also like a big site for like Manitoba Hydro, which is why we were up there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the closest I had was I was walking home one day and a fox came up to me and I got to pet it. (gasps) Which looking back, I'm like, this is probably not a smart thing to do. (laughs) But I still remember, I'm like, you are so cute and so fluffy. But then I'm like, you are way too accustomed to having people around. But yeah, like up north, we used to have to have our garbage in like big wooden boxes so the bears wouldn't get into it. Oh my god. Because they would just come like roaming through the town. You're like, cool, 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 cool. Well, like it was funny because back in Fort McMurray, like a couple years ago, last time I got to visit my friend, there, like before I went up there, there was a period of like two weeks or whatever, there were bear sightings, so Mm -hmm. no one, like, no one was allowed to go outside or anything. I mean, like, they were allowed, but like Natasha has kids, so she was like, no, we're not going outside. And then there was like a news report, there was a bear like on the side of the road, and then like people were getting out of their cars to take pictures of it, and then, um, and take pictures with it. So, obviously, those people are fucking dumb. Yeah. Because, like, if if there's a bear, like, no, don't, <laughs> don't get out of your car. No. Like, uh, yeah, up in Gillum, like, um, there was, like, the dump that you would take, like, your garbage to and whatever, like, the bigger stuff that wouldn't fit. Yeah. And, like, there was always so much, so many, like, bears and, like, wolves and stuff over there. It was, <laughs> we called it the zoo. <laughs> Because, like, the closest zoo is here in Winnipeg, which is, like, a 12, 13-hour car drive. And the wolves trying to escape the zoo the other day. (laughs) Like, Shawshank style. (laughs) Yeah. Smile and wave, boys. Just (laughs) smile and wave. Um, Yeah, so in late uh, October 2010... 
Uh, University of Mis- Michigan biologist Barry O'Connor concluded that all the chupacabra reports in the United States were simply coyotes infected with the parasite Sarcoptes scabii. God, I hate. What is this Latin? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, pretty much like scabies. Um, Pretty much scabies. Whose symptoms would explain most of the features of the chupacabra. They would be left with little fur, thickened skin, and a rank odor. (laughs) Poor animals. (laughs) Just makes me laugh, but I'm like, this is so rude. Like, just roasting these animals. (laughs) Uh, shit. Hold on. Please hold. Um... Uh, where did it go? Fuck me. And <laughs> now we're recording. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, so Barry O'Connor theorized that the attacks on goats occurred, quote, because these animals are greatly weakened, so they're going to have a hard time hunting. So they may be forced into attacking livestock because it's easier than running down a rabbit or a deer. Which and makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially since most people have like their livestock and everything in a cage, so like, yeah. there's nowhere <laughs> they can go. Yeah. Um, although several witnesses came to the conclusion that the attacks could not be the work of dogs or coyotes because they had not eaten um, the animal, their conclusion was incorrect. Um, both dogs and coyotes can kill and not consume the prey, either because they are inexperienced or due to injury or difficulty in killing the prey. Um, the prey can survive the attack and die afterwards from internal bleeding or circulatory shock. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and the presence of two hole two holes in the neck corresponding uh, with the canine teeth are to be expected since that is the only way that most land carnivores have to catch their prey. Um, there are reports of stray Mexican hairless dogs being mistaken for chupacabras. Good. These poor dogs, man. I know, like everyone just thinks that they're goat sucking. <laughs> um, another common description of the chupacabra is of a strange breed of wild dog. This form is mostly hairless and has a pronounced spinal ridge, unusually pronounced eye sockets, fangs, and claws. Unlike They're saying that's like a specific type of dog. That's yeah. Creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a strange breed of wild dog, apparently. Um, unlike conventional predators, the chupacabra is said to drain all of the animal's blood and sometimes organs. Um, usually through three holes in the shape of a downwards pointing triangle, but uh, sometimes through only one or two holes. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so people were kind of left wondering though, like, why, like, what about like the dead cows and stuff? Like, yeah, that seems like a big thing for like a dog or a coyote to take out. Well, um, and like, obviously, there's only so much that they can do, like, forensically, because yeah. a whole bunch of stuff, like, that all costs money. Mm-hmm. So they can only, they would only want to do so much yeah. investigation with it. Um, Yeah, so there was a New York Times article in 1996 um, where a Puerto Rican man had told them um, 
quote, dogs have never attacked my animals, um, end quote, after he had lost five of his sheep to some unknown murderous animal. <laughs> I mean, I guess if it's an animal, it's not really a murderous animal, because that's just, like, I wonder how, if... they, how they roll. Yeah, and I wonder if anyone has, like, cameras set up in their on their farms now. Yeah, maybe nowadays, but not, like, mm-hmm. in the 90s. I kind of want to look at creepy, like, sightings on YouTube, but also it's so easy to fake shit and fake stuff. Sorry. Yeah. Nowadays, I keep, like, <laughs> Um, yeah, so, according to that article, like, he may have been mistaken. Um, according to the BBC, it's not uncommon for a dog to bite another animal and then leave it to die Mm -hmm. um, with no apparent injury besides the original bite mark um so uh what's his name barry i think barry radford oh okay was that his name i don't remember please hold benjamin benjamin radford um he thinks that the legend of the chupacabra stuck around because um, it could have something to do with the anti-U.S. sentiment in Puerto Rico. Um, So there's talk on the island of Puerto Rico of how the U.S. government conducts top-secret scientific experiments in um, the El El Yonkyu rainforest. I'm definitely not saying that right. E-L- Y-U-N-Q-U-E. Um, for anybody who knows how to say that properly, please let me know. Um, to some Puerto Ricans um, who already feel exploited by the Americans, it isn't too much of a stretch to think the U.S. could have created a blood-sucking creature in the lab and allowed it to wreak havoc on local farmland. I love how, like, a lot of legends are like, the U.S. has something to do with it's it. the U.S. I mean... <sighs> It's, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much like the only real explanation anybody could have for how a chupacabra came to be. Um, but it is still widely believed that it's just like an urban legend and it is just like dogs that mm-hmm. unfortunately have mange or I mean, maybe I- that weird wild dog breed that just has like very sunken eyes and a pronounced spine and I'm looking at this one <laughs> meme where it's like for the night is dark and full of terrors and it's like a chupacabra mm-hmm. and I'm like okay like I told totally... you because there was what was it there was a There was a dog at one of the shelters that I follow and he had a a kind of skin condition and yeah, like his face kind of like, I don't want to say mutated, but it definitely, he didn't look like a dog. Mm -hmm. His face did not look like a dog. It was like a little bit flatter and stuff. So like he was also just not adopted because he looked different. So I could totally understand, like, maybe it's, like, a weird condition from a dog that someone has seen sometime, but also, Mm -hmm. I do want to believe in, like, really creepy, like, mythical creatures. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long this episode is so far, if I should add my... I guess I'll figure it out in editing. 
Yeah. Um, no, keep talking. I love talking about like cryptids and stuff because like I know some people think it's like ridiculous to think things like this are real and other things are real but I'm like the world is so full of unexplored territory and mm -hmm. all of this it's like we can't know everything like yetis I'm trying to I'm actually gonna look up videos to see if there have been any I'm trying to see how to pronounce the thing I'm doing next properly, but it doesn't want to work for me, so we're just gonna say it how I say it, and it's probably gonna be incorrect, so it is what it is. Um, I love that Texas Chupacabra turns out to be imposter. It literally just looks like the werewolf from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so my next one, um, it might be attached to this episode, or I might edit this into its own episode, we'll see. Um, but yeah, so there is a movie, it's from 2018, it's a Bollywood film, I'm pretty sure. It's like a horror comedy, um, it's called Three, so S-T-R-E, and it's based on this uh, local legend. Um, from India that uh, was pretty creepy. I mean, the movie was pretty good. I sent it to you the other day. Oh, right, it's yes. on. It's on uh, Netflix. Mm -hmm. Um, and oh yeah, you said it has subtitles, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And it's got seventy nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, India is a country of many historical tales and legends, um, as there are many such stories in every province which are as interesting to listen to as it is incredible. So this one is from um, the city of Bangalore, um, which is uh, apparently now India's like Silicon Valley, pretty much, which is pretty cool. Um, so there are two specific like villages that this happens in and I have tried to figure out how to pronounce these properly. Mm -hmm. I've even asked the cash but it is not from like his region so he's oh. not even sure. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to butcher these hard. Um so I apologize in advance. <laughs> Um, part of me was like, I don't even want to attempt to say this on the podcast because I'm going to sound like such a moron, <laughs> but I'm like, I do have to give credit to like where these come from. So I might, uh, if I really mess it up, I might do like a Microsoft Sam, <laughs> put it in there when I first say it. Cause I only, I only have it in my notes like uh, a couple times. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Shoot. Please, my like mic that. is like falling over. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking up that movie oh, right now, and this shit. definitely seems like something I'd be into. So oh yeah, I think um, after he goes to bed, I'll probably watch it. Oh yeah, don't don't. Have no, it. I'm not gonna <laughs> watch it. <laughs> I mean, there was one time I was watching Gone Girl, and like Benji sat on the couch with me, and he was like looking at it, like his brow all furrowed, like he was into it, and I'm like, um. I know, like, we used to have, when we were watching Sons of Anarchy, 
Drake would be around sometimes, I'm like, I don't know if you should be watching this. <laughs> but I'm like, you watch enough Paw Patrol and PJ Masks that this is probably not even going to stick in your brain at this oh, point. So. But I'm like, maybe we won't watch this around again. Just in case you absorb some of this. So you're not the role models just, I want in your life. Just join like, a triker gang a tri- with, <laughs> with tricycles. A bunch of little kids wearing leather jackets. <laughs> Oh no. Um, yeah, so this uh, started from the towns of uh, Maleshwaram, and that one's not too hard. This one's the hard one. Uh, Raj, Rajajinagar. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, so this urban legend had spread like wildfire in Bangalore um, where a witch knocked on the door of people's houses at night and called them in a voice of their relatives and if someone opened the door um, they would surely die. Uh, initially the villagers did, n- did not find this to be credible and they began to refute these rumors but within a few days many um, stories of this witch and its victims started coming out and the fear of this witch started spreading in both of these villages. Um, In just a few days, many such incidents occurred in which people became victims of that witch. Local people in several newspapers were seen discussing the strange incident and no one had any way to avoid it. Uh, This situation was that after sunset, people would be imprisoned in their respective homes along with all the family members. No matter how important the work was, they did not come out of their homes. Um, in the evenings, in uh, the roads of both of those towns and other nearby villages used to transform into a deserted place. Um, so if legends are to be believed, um, a witch used to roam uh, the streets of the city of Bangalore hunting for her prey. Um, so the witch would knock on the doors at night and try to lure men by calling them out in voices similar to that of women they loved, like their mother, wife, or sister. Oh, that's creepy. Um, And upon hearing a familiar voice, the person would open the door and would subsequently die within the next 24 hours. Ah. Um, So obviously once this legend or rumor started, like it spread all over the place and it uh, was wreaking havoc in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, Locals then found out a way to get rid of the witch. they started writing, and I don't know if it's if the E is silent on this, um, and I was just trying to look up how to pronounce it, but Google didn't want to work for me. Um, Naliba, or it's N-A-L-E-B-A. Um, so that trans uh, translates to come tomorrow. Oh, that's so they would write it on the doors, or they would... Um, uttering the same from inside the house when they would hear the voice to ward yeah. off the evil spirit and um, yeah so she would she would leave yeah. Um, yeah so if she saw that written on outside of the home she would leave um, and apparently this was the only way to send the spirit back this would ensure that the men in the city were safe for the day um, till the witch arrived again the next night the cycle of the witch coming and knocking on the doors, hunting for prey, would continue forever. Um, as time went by, the story died out, and so did the witch of uh, Naliba. You'll still find some of those markings in some parts of Bangalore to this day. 
Um, and in fact, in certain places, April 1st as, is observed as uh, Naliba Day. Yeah, um, that was yesterday. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> when I was like looking into this story because I wanted to talk about it. Um, That's actually like a really weird coincidence. <laughs> I was probably thinking about that yesterday and it was the day. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, while there have been no sightings in the recent past, um, some incidences recorded in the mid-2000s um, were reported to be very similar to that of uh, Stri, which is the movie I reference, which is, I think, the name of the witch in that movie. Um, mm-hmm. I do have, like, one little, like, uh, story in here about, like, a something that actually happened to people, but um, it's not in my notes, but uh, one of the things that people would do because this witch technically only goes after men Mm -hmm. and it's said that she's um looking for her husband um because like something happened and uh her husband like died or i can't it's in the movie but i think he either died or like deserted her or something and so she's like taking revenge and she like um so yeah the end of the movie ends in a happy way from what i remember um, but yeah, so men would, if they had to go out at night, they would like dress in women's clothing. So oh, like they would disguise themselves so she wouldn't go after them. But yeah, in the, in the movie itself, like when, um, she would catch like her prey or whatever you want to call it, like all she would leave behind is their clothing. It yeah. would just be on like a lump in like the street or whatever. Kind of like when the Jedi died. Yeah. Um, so this is a, I want to call it a true story. Who knows? I'm going to believe it. Um, I believe it. Like, dang. Um, one night when a woman was called from outside by her husband's voice, um, she got very scared because the woman's husband was sleeping with her um, in their bed, obviously. Um, the woman woke up in a panic and looked out of the window, but there was no one outside. Then, as soon as she went back to sleep, she heard the same voice again. Now that woman um, had understood that this voice was that of the witch who was being um, discussed in the whole area. The woman um, said in a trembling tone, Naliba, which uh, means in English, come tomorrow. As soon as she said this, that voice stopped coming from outside, but the same thing happened to the woman the next night. And once again, um, the voice stopped coming as she said, Naliba. This method of escape from the witch became popular among the people, and there came a time when Naliba was written on the doors of almost every house in Bangalore. And that's what happened in the movie, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, but this is like a someone's story. The painting of it? Yeah. yeah. Um... But the rest of the people who had become victims of that witch were probably not as lucky as that woman. And the name of one such person, 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 Jesus, <laughs> uh, was Nagesh, who was 32 years old and lived um, in Malashwaram with his family. So one night while he was sleeping in his house, he realized that his mother was calling him from outside of the house and knocking on the door. He quickly opened the door due to eagerness and curiosity, but there was the witch who stood in front of uh, him, who stood in front, um, not his mother. Um, On opening the door, 
The witch, with a frightened laugh, attacked him and killed him with a single attempt. Um, like Nagesh, there were many people whose death was attributed to that witch, but after finding out the strange tips to get rid of this terrible witch, um, they started writing on the outside of their doors, um, and anyone who had written Naliba never heard such voice. Um, yeah, and uh, I just had kind of the same thing written over again, that it's like April 1st is the same day. And yeah, I like that. I am totally going to watch this movie later because I want to. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like it's, see, this kind of horror movie I'm into. Like, yeah, I need to get into more foreign horror movies because let's be real. Like, uh, I will American say like Bollywood horror movies are very... Well, over the top. And I thought, <laughs> I need to watch the original, well, I mean, now I have Shutter for a year, and I think it has the original um, Ringu, and, uh, like, the second one as well, and I want to watch the original um, Grudge, I think it's called Jewel or something. Yeah. And, because, the, yeah, like, the adaptation over here was creepy enough for me. I know, but, like, one thing I thought was weird is, like, why are you still gonna set this movie in Japan, but make, like, the main character Sarah Michelle Gellar? I mean, no hate on Sarah Michelle Gellar, but, like, if you're gonna film a Japanese horror film in Japan, why are you making it English? Why is the main character a non-POC? <laughs> like, because America loves to whitewash. It's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, and then I hate it when they also remake, like, American like when you do like the American remake. Yeah. Just leave it. Read the subtitles. Yeah. Another show that's really good if you haven't watched it yet, or if anybody hasn't watched it yet, is uh Money Heist. You keep telling me about that and I haven't yet checked it out. I'm so excited. Their next season is hopefully coming out this year. Because they started filming a couple months ago. Ooh. But yeah, it's a uh, Spanish. I believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a show you said? Okay. I think there's three seasons right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, super, super good. Ooh. I should rewatch it. Cool. I re like, we watched it originally um, with like the audio dub to English, mm -hmm. but part of me wants to go back and watch it in Spanish with the English subtitles. Yeah. I love, um, one of my favorite Spanish films is actually Pan's Labyrinth. That one's really good. Who was I talking to about that the other day? Was it you? Yes. Okay. Um, I don't like, think I've ever seen that I was talking movie. about this, but I can't remember when, and I can't remember with you. <laughs> it was me. Yeah, and then I also told my brother about it the other day. I don't think I I've think. ever seen it. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Very, very good. Uh, it's basically this little girl finds out, well, Pan, the fawn, tells her that she's the princess of the underworld, and she has to do all these tasks to prove herself, and then she does them, and there's- You're like, bro, you just told me I'm the princess, why do I have to prove shit to you? <laughs> and it, yeah, like, the, I was telling my brother about, um, the pale man mm -hmm. in that movie, because there's one thing she does where she's supposed to go in this area, and there's this creature asleep on the table, and she's not supposed to touch anything on the table, but she picks up a grape and eats it, and then it wakes up the pale man, who is this, like, just tall, lanky, pale creature, and- his eyes are like on his palms so he has like really skinny long fingers and his eyes are on his palms and it's 
it's just scary. It's creepy. I was trying to think, uh, what was that show? It's like something monsters when we were kids. But like this little short little Seven thing, Little Monsters or something like that, and he like had his eye in his hand and he oh. would just like oh, fuck, And then he movie. didn't he hold his was that the one? Like it was a cartoon yeah, or whatever, yeah. and then he had like hairy armpits yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he held his eyes up. I think <gasps> it's Seven Little Monsters. I used to love that. Is it a show or is it a movie? I think it was a show. Oh. Can't even remember. Mama sentence. Yeah. I have no idea what you said. Yeah, I don't know. This one? No. Oh, okay. Um, I thought it was Seven Little. I thought it was this one. Like it was that like is a seven Nickelodeon little... show, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Is it 2000? I don't know now. Because I'm like, this sounds. This is what I thought it was. Trying to think, like, was it 2000 or the 90s? Okay, no, that isn't Seven Little Monsters. Oh, Angela Anaconda. Fuck, I used to love that show too. That show was weird. It was, but I loved it. Oh, and Angry Beavers. (laughs) Angry Beavers. Oh my god. Whoa! Whoa! That's cool. Six. Oh my god, Angry Beavers. Or Ed, Ed, Nitty, or Sticking oh, Around. Did you God, ever watch yes. Sticking Around? Uh, Wild Thornberries. Goodness, <laughs> uh, oh I didn't have anything else to mention in terms of like cryptids or anything, unfortunately. But definitely next. Oh, time. is Ah uh, Real Monsters? Ah, uh, Real Monsters. Okay, ninety-four yes. to ninety-seven. Oh, yes, okay. I see that now. Oh, yeah, because there's that J-looking thing. This one. Oblina. <laughs> yes, I love it. He was hairy all over. <laughs> Crumb. Crumb. What was his name? And A large, was... flesh-colored monster with two separate eyes, which he carries around with him due to having no sockets to which, or with which to insert them in. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, oh man. I don't know how I grew up to not be like really messed up watching that show. <laughs> that happened, that's what I think happens too. But yeah, I am. Oh yeah, um. Our outro, right? <laughs> yeah! So we're, yeah, thank you for joining us for this, um, off topic from our usual cases and everything. I think we both kind of just needed a little bit of a break from all the true crime. Yeah. Um, I hope really you guys nice. enjoyed it. And- yeah, let us know what you think of the cryptid episode and if there's any like if you've ever encountered anything creepy anywhere, like that'd be cool. Or like if you have any urban legends you want us to cover. Mm-hmm. And, especially if they're from like different countries. Like, Oh yeah. I'm like, so down for 100%. it. 100%. I'm gonna ask my co-workers about the, um, the ones from the Philippines. Nice. So, yeah. But anyways, uh, to stay updated on all our projects, again, um, you can follow us on Instagram. At the Voiceless True Crime Podcast. On Twitter. At Voiceless True. And for any case suggestions, reviews, comments, you can email us. 
voice, uh, voicelesspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and also if you want to donate to our podcast um, or anything like that, uh, have first access to our merch that's going to be coming out in um, later spring, early summer-ish, uh, definitely go head over to our Patreon. The link is in our Instagram bio. Yes. And if for some reason you can't find us, just hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. Thank you again. See you later. Bye.